And a wonderful Sunday night here in Las Vegas at T-Wave Sports. Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, 98.9 FM, 13.40 AM on the radio dial, LasVegasSportsNetwork.com. Tim Unglesby at HW Sports. Ryan there at the Littlest Broadcast Studios. And not, if you listened last night, not all the way in New York City, as I say every week. He's actually here in Vegas with us, too. Tom Barton Sports Zone. Tom Barton, Tommy, we always talk about overreaction Sunday. We're going to do a lot of that tonight as we break down week one of the National Football League. Chicago Bears are going to the Super Bowl. First place. Undefeated. Undefeated. <laughs> Listen, you know, they are undefeated in a division where Green Bay lost, right? I mean, somebody had to win with Minnesota and Green Bay. Well, not really, because the AFC South right now has nobody with a win in their division, and they played each other. But basically, somebody had to win, somebody had to lose. What, what I just like is, uh, you know, yeah, the, the reactions around town have been insane already. We talk about it all the time, Tim. Um, usually we are stunned at how the week one reactions just get overblown. Yeah. And today, look, we've been doing this for over a decade. We've done 10 NFL, 11 NFL seasons. We always talk about the craziness of the NFL. And, you know, that was the big thing today was, oh, these games were uh, unbelievable. Of course they were. It's the NFL. There's there's always going to be that. But, you know, Tom, I kind of want to break the show down into a couple segments while we recap the whole week and get you ready for Monday Night Football tomorrow to, to end week one. So I want to break it down into a, a couple segments that I had put games in certain categories. But before we do any of that, I really want to talk about, and this is not a shill, this is the, the dead honest truth, TomBartonSports.com, undefeated weekend. It's all documented. It was all. If you listen to the show, you basically gave away every play last night. With if you re, if you read between the lines, and here's the thing, this may be Tom the best weekend you've had in Tom Barton sports history, man. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was trying to think back at, at bigger weekends. Um, I've had more more wins. I've never been completely unblemished with the amount of volume that I had. Um, so I went two and zero on Saturday. I went four and zero today. Anybody that pays attention to TomBartonSports.com knows. You know, I really truly only try to put out two or three plays. I had four plays today. So I had a 6-0 and weekend, Tim. I told everybody that would listen on every radio show that I do all week long that Toledo was my probably my biggest bet that I've ever had. And this is not, oh, lock of the century or any of that nonsense, right? This was just, listen, I loved Toledo and crushed them. Yesterday, I told you Pittsburgh was my best play. I love Pittsburgh. And guys, here's the beauty about this show. We're not sitting back and saying, I gave out 12, 13 games, right? Uh, we're not sit- sitting back and, and going, oh, here we are. No, no, no. Tom Barton Sports.com played six games this entire weekend. I came out to Vegas. I flew out. I played six games this weekend. I just went 6-0, and oh, okay? And I gave them free on the radio. I, I, I gave one free on this radio. You have to, you have to follow me, and you're going to get a couple of freebies out there. But generally speaking, TomBartonSports.com for 200 bucks. I, I, this is a true story. I'm actually – what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up his first name right now. Um, and his first name is David. I had a new customer that wrote, wrote me, brand new guy, Tim, paid 200 bucks for the next 30 days. He wrote me, he paid this on Friday. He wrote me, he goes, when do I get the call to get the, the upgrade? And I said, there is no upgrade. He said, you're telling me you just gave me six, six winners and all you charged me was $200. I said, yeah. 
and you get the rest of the 30 days of plays. So that exactly is what you get at TomBartonSports.com. I am on cloud nine, Tim. I am absolutely floating because every one of my plays hit. And I don't think it's – look, it's 200 bucks. You get 30 days. If you mention Heatwave Sports, Tommy will throw an extra week in for you. It's not a problem because it's not about – even if you – Tommy – if you would have went four and two as a winner, you're not calling people up and saying, "Hey, man, we went four and two, and this play wasn't released earlier. We're going to do the Sunday night game for you. We're going to do the Monday night game." If it's no, 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 available, right? It's not. There's nothing added all on. My games are the one, all four of my games are the early games today. Right, and tomorrow, I don't, and I don't know. Maybe you do have a, something on tomorrow, but maybe you don't. Maybe you have a baseball game instead where you've done excellent this year. I think people don't understand. Like football is the, is what we all talk about betting wise, but if you chiseled away at baseball this year you're sitting pretty as well yeah I, I have one play up tomorrow tim um so yeah you're getting something on a monday night absolutely and i'm already kind of earmarking a play during the week that look it, it, i can't say something's going to be toledo again because that was just i don't i, I can't even go into detail how ridiculous that that line was but this is going to be an upper level play Check it out, TomBartonSports.com. Like I said, if, if you mention Heatwave Sports, when you check out, I'm sure Tommy will hook you up with, with something special there for listening to the show and talking about and here, it. Here's, and, Tim, here's the thing. Last, last night, you know, we sat with very smart, intelligent football fans, right? Yeah. Very intelligent football fans. And I made a couple of comments about a couple of games. And basically, I don't want to say meanly, but was basically laughed at, right? What, what are you talking about, Tom? Impossible. Impossible. What, what, are, you, what are you doing? It, it's not that I'm giving away, guys, just, just so they understand. I'm not giving away parlays. I'm not giving away teasers. I'm not giving away, you know, these huge things. I had three underdogs today. Right? I said it last night on the air. I said, I kind of like the Houston Texans. You're crazy, Tom. I like Pittsburgh. I think Joe Burrow is going to have a bad game. He threw four interceptions, right? I like Pittsburgh. You're crazy, Tom. I, li- I like the Bears. You like the Bears because you're a Bears fan. You're crazy, Tom, right? So it's got, I went out there and I got three underdogs today and then one favorite with your Ravens. It's not like I'm sitting back and I'm taking, you know, these massive uh, big-time favorites. Take uh, Alabama money line. Yeah, no, no, no. We're not doing any of that stuff either. Tommy's referring to last night's live remote over Cabo Wobble Cantina on the Las Vegas Strip. Again, thank you to Cabo Wobble for hosting us. Uh, we had a good time last night. A lot of our, you know, this is the, this is what's great about the show listeners, Tommy, that they actually take the time to, to write us. And, and I heard from at least four different people yesterday that apologized for not being able to make it out. And, you know, that just kind of says everything. You, they didn't have to say anything to us, right, Tom? But they didn't want to come. They, didn't, they, they couldn't come, but they made it a point to say they couldn't make it for various reasons. So, you know, it's always nice to know that. But it was a fun night. And since we're talking about our intelligent football friends, it's time to, to rub their faces in the dirt a little bit, Tommy, because... <laughs> We all gave out free plays today. You hit yours with Pittsburgh, right? The Timmy teaser opens the season with a win again with the Steelers and the Ravens. Chris Wynn, Armando Vasquez, Brian Feldman all lost their plays, Tommy. So we stand at the top of the heap after week one. Sounds pretty good, right? <laughs> have to, have to feel, give him the business. Feels pretty good. Yeah, feels pretty good. And the Timmy teaser, by the way, you, you know, you pumped me up here, Tim. The Timmy teaser about what you started about two years ago, and we've been talking about teasers for ten years. I'm like, don't do it. You're like, look, I think I, I think I found something, Tom. I know you don't like teasers, but if you do ten, if you do the, the the two gamer, just stay with the two gamer. Don't get greedy with the ten points. I think I found something, and I said, all right, we'll, we'll check you out. The first year you did it, 
I, I was impressed. I, I was impressed. Still didn't buy into the teaser thing. Last year, I said, what am I, a fool? <laughs> I'm going to start tailing him. It, you crushed it last year on your Timmy teaser. This year, I told you, you got to start documenting this. Thing, right? I mean, yeah. this is it. Because it's so funny. In this business, people are like, oh, where are you documenting? How about live on the air every Sunday, every Saturday night? <laughs> no, Oh, no, that's not good enough for you? Live on the air every Saturday night is not good enough for you? Um, but apparently, it isn't. So now you're documenting it. And I'm glad that you're getting the credit where it is due. I, I told you I met with somebody this week for lunch. Like, Man, Timmy's crushing it with, uh, with, with the baseball. He's got his Timmy teasers coming back. Yeah, he's got them right here. Here they go. Already one and up. Thank you, sir. I, I'm not a Tom Barton level, but, you know, I try my hardest. So we have a full weeks of games here to kind of break down and I want to start this off fire. Let's put the poker in the fire right now. We're calling it FU segment, Tom, because we broke down last night what we thought were some FU games by uh, a couple individuals. And then I also thought there was an FU team out there that was looking back at what we saw last in the NFL season last year, a game that cost them an opportunity to go to the playoffs. So let's start with that one because it actually involves the Las Vegas Raiders in knocking out the San Diego Chargers last year in week 17 at Allegiant Stadium, cost them an opportunity to go to the playoffs. And I told you, Tommy, privately, I said it again last night on the air, if you don't think that those those players remembered that, and I know it's all about business sometimes, but there are rivalries. This is a rivalry in the AFC West. That game was circled. Chargers at home at SoFi today. They win 24-19. That game wasn't as close in my mind as the score finished. So I give a big F you to the Raiders as the Chargers came and got a win at home. Yeah, they absolutely did. And it, there is a certain thing in the beginning of the year. And look, you could have a great year and still lose the first game, okay? So we're not making too much out of it. But there's that certain feel, Tim. You know, you you, you have that, that certain feel of, okay, you're going to the next level, right? As a team, you're moving up to that next level. And then you have to produce, and the Chargers are that team that's going, okay, everyone's picking us, right? People are picking us to win the division. We didn't make the playoffs last year. People are picking us to win the Super Bowl. We didn't make the playoffs last year. We've got to show everybody that thinks that we're going to ascend that we can ascend. The Raiders believed they were in the same boat. Now, most of the country didn't. Most of the country, I don't know one person that thought the Raiders were going to win the division. I don't know one person that thinks that the Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl, right? But it was one of those statement games. If the Raiders had come out and beat the Chargers, well, I think I'd be saying that about the Raiders. Wow. Statement game they wanted to show everybody. We are the team that's ascending. One game doesn't make a season, and we're not overreacting here. But it was mighty impressive what the Chargers did after they have been anointed the next team this offseason. What do we see? You know, we'll go with the overreactions. I've already seen <laughs> Raider fans on, on social media j jumping off cliffs. They can't believe, you know, oh, we have Devontae. We talked about this, the Devontae Adams factor. I literally, Tommy, somebody close to me said, we got Devontae Adams. That's at least three or four more wins. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> and you broke down the receiving situation. And look, Devontae had a great game, right, Tom? 10, 141 in a touch. But what else happened here? They couldn't establish running the ball. And, and Carr – had a good game too, Tim. You're right, right. And he ended up with a big L, just like Devontae Adams did today. And Carr – Looked horrible, absolutely horrible with all his new shiny weapons. Well, the big shiny weapon, I guess. 
you know, I, I, I think Carr did look bad. But again, a main culprit for me here, Tim, is, is that I still don't think you could run the ball. Right? I mean, yeah. you could. Derek Carr showed today that he can fling the ball up to Devontae Adams and let Devontae Adams go get it. And the Chargers, we've talked about this with, with defensive alignments at times. When you have a big time player, and we've talked about this in different aspects. Bill Belichick does his way. Other people do the other way. When you have that big player, it happens in basketball as well. Um, you have two choices. You go, okay, we're going to double, triple, and quadruple team this guy and just not let him beat us, which Bill Belichick does a great job of. Or what they used to do in basketball, they used to do it like Allen Iverson, for example. Yeah, go crazy, man. We don't care. We're going to let you go nuts. We're going to make sure nobody else does anything. And that was the entire game plan. You saw that game plan with the Chargers tonight. I don't want to hear, oh, Devontae Adams is walking on. Oh, he's the greatest thing of all time. Listen, he had a great game. You know, 10 receptions, 141 yards, and a, and a touchdown. And they lost. And there was 57 yards rushing on the ground on 10 attempts by Josh Jacobs. They were daring them and saying, listen, we'll leave Devontae open. But once you guys get inside, you know, like the 20, you, you can't run. You have no consistency. You can't do anything. Josh Jacobs, 10 carries, 57 yards, led the way, Tim. He can't win many games in the NFL. And for all that Adams did, 141 yards and a touchdown, they didn't score 20 points. Derek Carr, I heard somebody say, today, well, Carr looked good. Just about 300 yards, two touchdowns. They didn't score 20 points. That is a full league-wide note that dare the Raiders to run because they can't. You can one-on-one Devontae Adams because, you know what, even if he gets his 10 for 141, it won't be enough as long as you swallow the other guys up. And our buddy Chris Wynn made a good point via the, the text message group we're in. All three of Carr's picks were absolutely his fault. There was not a, a you know, a situational interception there that he made mistakes. For me, I thought the Raider defense was fine. You know, they didn't even they gave up what sixty something yards rushing, kept Eckler at bay. Yet a situation where Keenan Allen went out and the Raiders were able to 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 you know without your star receiver there they're able to to tone in on that. But I made a remark on Twitter, Tommy, and, and I think it. Do, do you did you see a little bit of this when I mentioned it? Did you think that the Patriots were playing out there today? Kind of the way the offense was just stagnant, wasn't it? Well, I, I didn't see that, Tim, but I, you, it's a great point. I, it's a great point because, you, you know, there are certain guys that can't get out of their routines. There are certain pl- guys that it happens in everyday life. And Josh McDaniels is a washout. I mentioned that last night. He's got New England ties. Can he get away from it? Sure. Um, but he does have New England ties. He just doesn't have the New England players. He looks at Darren Waller. Oh, cool. That's Gronk. No, no, he's not. <laughs> not even close. Uh, Derek Carr, well, yeah, he's my Brady. No, no, he's not, right? Uh, Devontae Adams, he, he, he's my he's my Moss. Okay, that's cool. What about what about your Dylan? Oh, no, you got Josh Jacobs there. Okay. Oh, well, we've won without running the ball before. You're right. When you had a pass-catching wide receiver, sure, a, a pass-catching running back, sure. The, the weapons are not the same, and the defense certainly isn't the same. What I will say about people in everyday life, and I'll go back to that, is we all have kind of our systems, in life, you have a system, right? You all have the things that you like. And when the going gets tough, you kind of revert back to it, whatever it might be. You know, we talk about fantasy. And you guys know uh, for years, the way I like to build my fantasy team, I love dominant tight ends. It's just what I do. I've won our league with dominant tight ends. I like the, the advantage. There is no really more advantage if you want to go after Kelsey, but there's not that, that premier guy like they used to be. 
Well, I, I still went out and got tight ends. I, I shot myself in the foot. I had a bad fantasy week. Why? Because I was like Josh, Jan- Josh McDaniels. Hey, it's going to work over here even though I don't have the same guys. No, it's not going to work over here with the same guys. It was very New England-like, and I'm glad that you brought that up. I didn't see you say that. It it did. It looked it looked a lot more not dink and dunkish, but it looked like the the body language, the, the, hey, I'm perfectly okay to try to win this game by scoring 19 points. But the le- rest of the league kind of went back, past that, and that's that's the thing of the past there, Tim. So the Chargers cover. They start the season 1-0. and oh, Raiders drop to, of course, 0-1. and one. So we'll peek ahead, Tommy. Peek ahead. Next week, we'll start with the Chargers. They're going to be that Thursday night game at Kansas City. And I'm looking at opening lines of the Chiefs right around a field goal. This is tough. Uh, I looked at this game when the schedules first came out and the lines were, were given. I said, man, I'm going under all day. And that was my whole thing. I said, this line's going to open up um, you know, 53. I'll probably skyrocket to like 55. I, I don't think so. Now I'm looking at this and I'm going, I don't have a clue. I do think that the Chargers defense is very good. But for me, this was more of a case of the Raiders being bad and the Chargers being good. My lean here is with the Chargers. I think they are the better team than Kansas City. But it's a toss-up game. It's a good third. Here, here we go. Just this opening you know, night game, I told you guys, I don't have anything on the game. And I didn't have a play on the Thursday night game, but I could not wait to watch it. I'm sitting here in the same situation. I do not have a play Thursday night. I, I just can't make one. I'll watch some video this week. I'll talk to some people. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll turn around, but I don't think so. But from a watching perspective, it's going to be the game of the week. Yeah, home opener also for the Chiefs over at Arrowhead. And I think with that small number, and we'll get to the Chief game here next, but I think with that small number and the way the Chiefs played today, you go you go up on this line, right? If you're looking for value, maybe you wait for it to, to rise a little bit, or do you think it just kind of stays where it's at? I think it stays where it's at. I do think the total will go up. You know, I actually was standing in line. I tried to take a picture of the guy, and he was kind of like walking away. Um, I, I was standing in line, and I watched a guy wear a T-shirt today that said, life's too short to bet unders. And I was like, that is just the absolute epitome of everybody in Las Vegas, right? I mean, yeah. that is the epitome of every novice sports better. So you're not going to get people betting that under. I think that I think it gets to 55, Tim. So if you do want the under, you can wait. If you like the over, grab it now. I don't think the line moves all that much. Raiders will open their Allegiant Stadium slate and welcome in the Arizona Cardinals. Raiders, Tommy, three and a half home. Uh, it's a fair line. It's a tight game. It's a fair line because the Raiders are at home. They lost to a good team. They imploded. It wasn't like they were necessarily beat. It was They beat themselves in, in a lot of ways. Uh, they are at home. Cardinals always have a problem traveling. My problem is, you know how the NFL works. And I don't have the stat in front of me, unfortunately. I've said it on the air before. Teams that are coming off of a blowout loss, the next game usually bounce back and they bounce back well. The problem is there's no value in Arizona here. If this was a six, six and a half line, I'd be all over the Cardinals. I'm a little shocked that it's only three and a half. FU part two, Tom, and we'll go, speaking of the Cardinals, we'll head to, to Phoenix to talk about this. FU part two, you brought this up last night. It's all about Pat Mahomes, the disrespect in the offseason, the the fact that he cannot possibly win without Tyreek Hill. Well, he came out today and gave a big FU to everybody, 360, 
five touchdowns, 20-point blowout win on the road. Uh, you called this one. Pat Mahomes said, I'm still here. Over two and a half touchdowns paid at plus 160. I told everybody on the air last night, go get that. Yeah, he, he, he did double that, <laughs> right? He had five touchdown passes. It's exactly the Patrick Mahomes that I thought was going to come out this year. Exactly what I thought Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes had all offseason to absolutely show everyone. Tyreek Hill doesn't matter that much. He really doesn't. I know that me and Feldman, we did argue last night about it, uh, but I'm not going necessarily by only my opinion. I'm going by coaches, executives in the league that are just kind of chuckling at the idea Okay, it's a wide receiver. You know, what do you think Patrick Mahomes is going to go away? No. And they were 100% right for this game. It was also a perfect opponent and a perfect storm. The Cardinals lost their best defensive player. They had some tumultuous offseason. You gave all that time. We talk about Andy Reid off a of bye week. How about off of, you know, whatever it is, a 30 bye weeks, right? I mean, he had a long time to prepare for this game. And Patrick Mahomes just lit it up. Patrick Mahomes is a guy that this year was being told, oh, you know what, he's not even in the top five. I saw people looking at that. Oh, well, you know, we don't know if they're going to win the division. Oh, you know, this could be the downfall of Patrick Mahomes. Oh, he's going to miss Tyreek so much. Yet, Tim, he was in the top three in the MVP uh, for the, the the Vegas odds before today's game. Yeah, that'll tell you that even the odds maker said, yeah, he's not going away. He's We can't give too much value to people. Oh, you're going to lose Tyreek Hill in the offseason. Well, they had Smith-Schuster at the end of last year, but they brought in – Valdez Scantling from Green Bay. So what does Hill get you a game, right? Eight, nine. He was average. What is the average? Between seven and nine. Well, Schuster and Smith Schuster, Valdez Scantling got you six and four, right? Hardman three, McKinnon three. You know, look, and Kelsey was going to be the guy. We knew that. Eight and 121. And I'm not saying that two is better than one, but in this case, it worked for him. So really, what are you supposed to say? It's the offense. It's not the superstar that Tyreek Hill is necessarily. Yeah, Andy, Andy Reid never won a game before Tyreek. You know that, right? Yeah, right. right. Yeah. yeah, and how about how about all the games? How did, how did Patrick Mahomes perform when Tyreek was banged up over the course of his years? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Exactly the same. <laughs> exactly the same. And this is what I was trying to allude to last night. I think he makes Miami better, but Kansas City is perfectly fine without him. In Arizona, I know that everybody was talking about how they're a first-half team and Kingsbury blows it down the stretch. We, we we didn't pick them to make the playoffs for a reason, Tommy, because we obviously saw holes in what had happened in the offseason. Because oh, Kingsbury just, should not be a coach in the NFL, Tim. No, no I agree Come with on. that. I agree with that. But, but when your front office is letting, for instance, and, and again, I'm not saying he's necessarily a season changer, but you let Christian Kirk go. Uh, Hopkins is suspended, right? Green is, I don't, I, mean, I don't even know how he's still active, and you're replacing that with Greg Dortch and Eno Benjamin, Hollywood Brown, the, the big draft day trade. Even though he had a touchdown, he only had four grabs. Tom, it, it wasn't that. Look, they, they, they couldn't even run the ball effectively. Today. Who's running the ball? That, that there's lots of problems there in Arizona that, that people just remember all the high scoring games last year they had, and I'm sure they'll have a few this year, but they're not the same team. They just can't win at the end of the season. Tim, they, they've constantly been a growing team. And when you were talking about Arizona, right? I mean, you could talk about Arizona. You go, okay, well, they, they were always a bad team. You know, that's kind of, oh, they were always a bad team. So, yeah, being in the hunt, I guess, is okay. Uh, but I wouldn't be happy. I just wouldn't be happy. Look, there was four of the last uh, five. 
final six games after they started seven and oh we know that four and seven oh that was that was treacherous as well um in 2018 was seven of its last nine they finished five ten and one uh kingsbury came into this year uh 15 five and one in games one through seven tim nine and 19 the rest of the way it goes to say it's still like that because at texas tech tim he was 27 and 15 in games one through seven eight and 25 after that Cliff Kingsbury is an atrocious coach down the stretch, and all of a sudden, wow, uh-oh, he's an atrocious coach in game one, too. We did the look ahead on both these teams in, with the last game, so we'll go to FU number three, Tom, and that's Lamar Jackson. Extension cut off by the Raven, Ravens and Lamar, so they didn't get the deal done by week one. They're not going to talk about it during the season. We'll see how that progresses as the season goes, but... Uh, a slower, I'd say a slower start in the first half, but in the second half, Lamar turned it on with a couple of deep touchdown passes. So he finishes with three touchdowns today. The Ravens, 24 to nine. They get the win over the Jets. Yeah, I heard people say, well, it wasn't an impressive win. Um, and look, the Ravens came out a little flat. I'm not going to lie. They, they, they certainly did. But when Lamar started flinging the ball all over the place, yeah, I mean, he looked like Lamar, 55 yard touchdown to Rashad Bateman. He wasn't running as much as I thought that he was going to run, but he didn't have to. This is a defense, and we talked about this last night, this is a defense that people don't realize how many people went down last night. People just don't realize that, or last year, I should say. People don't realize that. All four of your, your basically all four of your corners, right? The two corners and the two safeties were out, and a nickel corner. So and your entire secondary, well, they're all back, and they were really healthy. This is the kind of performance for the Ravens that they're not going to be happy about. This is the kind of performance that Harbaugh is going to chew them out even after a win, even after a 15-point win. He's going to chew them out privately, but he's going to say in public, oh, come on, it's a 15-point win, and they do good stuff, and that team's a good team. They're going to say that. Um, They have to clean it up for next week. I think that they do, but they have to clean it up for next week. But they got got the win because it's the Jets, and you can talk about the Jets. You can talk about Joe Flacco with 300 yards. He threw the ball 59 times. Tim, he, he, he attempted 59 passes. 59. It's it's unthinkable. Fifty nine passes for a guy. Oh, by the way, he only completed thirty seven, and his highest receiver only had six. So he was sprinkling it around. Uh, Joe Flacco did most of his damage thrown in garbage time. So don't look too much into that. The Jets are a dumpster fire. The Jets are absolutely terrible. It was what it was, Tim. We got the win. You got the win. The Ravens put one in the column. It is a win that's expected to happen. You have to beat the teams that you're expected to happen. They beat them. They won. They covered. But I'd be a little nervous going to next week. They got to clean some stuff up. Hundred percent, and I feel the same way. Never in my mind was I worried about them losing when the schedule was announced. When I saw the lines, even up till game time, talking about it last night on the show, I was never worried about an upset because the Jets don't just don't have that. Um, they look, they just not offensively aren't there. And you're right, Flacco. A lot of that was garbage time. A lot of that was dinks and dunks. And look, okay, they, they got he got 300 yards. That's great for a 40-whatever-year-old quarterback. I thought that was a nice little story there. But at the end of the day, no sweat, and you're right. We're moving to week two. So what do you think about this? The Ravens will open their home schedule and bring in the Miami Dolphins, three-and-a-half fours for the Ravens. I told you again, I told you over the summer when this line was released, I said, I'm pounding the Ravens, absolutely pounding them. I said, Miami always beats New England, um, you know, down – down in South Beach, they're probably going to walk out of there with a win. The Jets will somehow make the Ravens look ugly. We talked about it. 
I said, and I think the Ravens clean everything up. I'm not going to fall into the trap. I love the Ravens to crush them. Tim, I'm not saying that today. <laughs> I, I told myself all summer I wouldn't fall into the trap. I wouldn't fall into the trap. But I'm kind of falling into the trap. Look, I, I just think that the Ravens are built this year to be a tough team to gamble on. I think they are built this year to be one of those teams that wins games by three, makes you sweat, backdoor kind of covers. They have that style. And I didn't see Lamar Jackson try to d- dominate the game running-wise today, maybe because he didn't have to. Against the Dolphins, I think he's going to have to. I think they're going to have to find that next guy. Bateman had one nice catch. You texted me. Oh, man, they finally got Marks and- Andrews involved. They didn't go after Andrews much. Likely wasn't a big part of it. So there's a lot left to the Ravens. This felt like almost like a, a game where Alabama's playing uh, Bethune-Cookman, right, where they just don't want to show their cards. So it gets me a little weirded out because – I do like Baltimore, but I didn't love what I saw today. That was my thought process as well, that, look, you're not seeing everything on display today. Harbaugh has something left. And if you remember last year uh, during Baltimore's losing streak, they were they were 8-3, and three, lost everything else the rest of the way out, and were gone from the playoffs. So one of those losses included a, an ugly Thursday night game against Miami. So circle that one in the back of your mind. But let's let's take the time out. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Dolphins because the Patriot game and plus much, much more of week one in the NFL. It's Heat Wave Sports here on Fox Sports Radio. And Horton wasting no time. He's going to the Duke. The Duke leads the league in saves, strikeouts per inning, and hit batsman. This guy threw at his own kid in a father-son game. Now back to Heat Wave Sports. Here's Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton. Super Sunday night, Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. We're on every Saturday and Sunday at 10 o'clock. And we're talking NFL Week 1. Reaction, overreaction, get you ready for look-aheads for Week 2. It's our favorite show of the, of the uh, week, of course, the recaps. And we were talking about the Ravens, Tommy, and their next opponent will be the Miami Dolphins next Sunday. Ravens three and a half, four point favorite, depending on where you're looking right now. But the thing I wanted to talk about Miami real quick was that, you know, I got a a, uh, message today from somebody and I don't think they were being, they weren't being mean about it. They weren't being sarcastic, but you know, it was more of a sarcastic, like, oh, well, your, your pick on New England doesn't look too good right now. And, you know, the first thing that pops in my head is like, you have to listen to everything that's said. So, you know, you only hear what you want to hear. I never said I love New England. I said, Tommy, and I know you'll back me up on this. I said, look, if Miami, Miami's going to win and they're going to win going away, right? They're going to they're gonna win. They're going to cover. I said, if it's close, though, if the game is close, I think that's where New England can, can step in and, and pull an upset here. You know, they were a three and a half point underdog on the road. I never said New England was going to win. I said, if you're looking at value, though, and the game is close, that New England could be there right at the end to win this game somehow or backdoor it. Well, they weren't, Tom. They just rarely never were in this game. And all those things that you were worried about in New England, you talked about last night during the game, uh, the show, they all came to fruition. All those things, they're still question marks right now for the New England Patriots. So I guess this is more of, uh, is it New England is just, they're in that they're in that era right now? This is the, the downfall? Because I didn't think Miami looked that great today either. Yeah, you know, 
I think I, I think it's just it, divisional games in week one, Tim. I don't think we could read into. You know, I just don't think we, if this was a week 10 game, sure. And I told you how this game was going to play out. I told you I kind of like the under, right? I said, hey, listen, what, what was my final score prediction? 17 16. All right. I mean, that's, that's literally what I thought it was going to get to. You know, 32 points didn't even get there. Uh, um, I, this is one of those nasty, ugly games, division rivals. No one can score, nothing going on in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, Harris led the way for New England with 48 yards rushing. I mean, it was just a defensive showing. And this is how New England is built. New England is built to stop defenses, to absolutely stop them. They couldn't stop Waddle on a 42-yard touchdown. Okay. Tua had a, a decent game. He wasn't anything special. Both of these teams should be happy with their defensive performances. Both of these teams, even the Dolphins in a win, have to be unhappy with their offensive performances. I mean, that's just the way that it goes. You are talking about game one. You're talking about division rivals. I can't read too much into this. Everything that I thought about the Miami Dolphins before yesterday, I still think about the Miami Dolphins today, which is they're a team that might struggle for a wild card. Maybe they get there, but they're a team that might struggle for a wild card. Nothing changes there. New England, I think I told you guys, look, they're not making the playoffs, and it's not going to be because they're defense. They are built for a defensive game plan. If it's a tight game, lots of running, they'll be okay. They, they're going to win eight, maybe nine games also because of the backs of the defense. Nothing changes here. So I'm not going to read too much into this, Tim. What I will say is that I was impressed with the Patriots' defense, even though they gave up 20, and I was massively impressed with the Dolphins' defense. Everybody that wants to crap on Mac Jones for his terrible preseason wasn't too bad, right? 21 to 30, 213, a touch and an intercept. I think that's that's fine. We see, you know, again, Harris ran the ball. Stevenson ran the ball. They, they kind of did what they wanted to do. They just weren't able to get in the end zone more than once. They had a couple of drives stopped on drop passes. And on the flip side for Miami, I think Tua was fine as well, Tom. And, you know, Hill did his thing, 8 nine, for 94. I did notice that. Edmonds was the big offseason pickup to run. They have Mostert there, and they really couldn't establish any room. But you just said it. I think New England played good defense as well. And we already know, Tommy, New England's difficulties winning in South Beach. It's proven year after year. So this we'll just, we'll just chalk this up to uh, status quo, right? This is usually what we're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, if this was in week eight or nine, we wouldn't be breaking it down, Tim. We'd be going, ah, division game. Yeah, there you go, you know. It kind of played out. Two good defenses. This is how they always play it out, and the Dolphins always seem to get the win down there. How about this one? This was a just a crazy fourth quarter here, but the Washington Commanders get to get a win, 28-22 over Jacksonville. Both you and I did like Jacksonville in this game, and they had it, Tommy. They had it, and it just fell apart in the last six minutes of the football game here. They lose – in a game that I, I think we saw more positives, you and I, for Jacksonville. And I'm not buying into the Carson Wentz hype either, but, you know, what's done is done. Washington gets the win. Yeah, Carson Wentz went crazy. Four touchdown passes, 300 yards. Um, I gave you guys Christian Kirk 55 and a half yards and four and a half receptions. He went six and 117. <laughs> You're going to see a lot of those. Trevor Lawrence looked like he was the old Trevor Lawrence of last year for the first half. He looked like he... he was still playing for Urban Meyer. And then Peterson grabbed him at the halftime and said, you're Trevor Lawrence. Remember who you are. And he said, oh, yeah, I'm that guy. Hold on. And he went crazy. Um, he is showing the talent in spurts. Carson Wentz just had a better game. 
we could talk about the defense, and I was raving about the Jacksonville defense last night going into the fourth quarter. What did I tell you? Ah, here, you see this defense, dude? <laughs> they, they give up 14 in the fourth. Um, it kind of fell apart for them. But this is what I expect from a Jacksonville team that is having trouble, and they're growing. This is a game that's a six-point loss. It's a hurtful loss, fourth quarter. There's a lot of good you could take out of this for Jacksonville. And if you're Washington, hey, a win is a win. I don't care that it was at home. I don't care that it was against Jacksonville. We were beaten up. We didn't have the full roster at all. We were in a position where we were playing with backups to backups. We got it done, and we got it done at home. So you got to give a lot of credit to Carson Wentz. You may not like him. Got through four touchdowns and 300 yards today. Give credit to Carson Wentz. Give credit to Washington. But I don't think you're kicking yourself if you're Jacksonville. They played a good game overall. There's a lot of positives to take out of this game. I think we're going to see a different Jacksonville team in about three or four weeks. Philadelphia on the road opens up with a win, 38-35 against our buddies, Chris Wynn, Brian Feldman, Detroit Lions. You heard enough about that last night on, on their affinity with, with the Lions. And this was a blowout, and Detroit found a way to sneak back in and make it close here in the fourth quarter. But uh, takeaways from this one, one Tommy, that are you, are you is, is the Philly defense, I know it's only week one. I know we're overreacting. Have to worry about giving up 21 points there in the third and fourth quarters. Yeah, very much so. I, I worry greatly about this Philly defense. I, I thought that the Philly – this is what I mentioned last night, that the Philly defense went out. They got the people that they needed. They got the players in place. Uh, DeAndre Swift went for 15 carries, 144 yards. So these were garbage time points here, you know. You look at the, the offense – Hertz missed so many wide open receivers. It was insane. Yet they still had Brown lead the way 10 and 155. Uh, they were up 24 nothing, 24 uh, 14 at the half, put up 24 points in the second. And they were rolling right along. I think that this is coaching, Tim. And I've mentioned this multiple times before with, uh, you know, I, I just, I feel the same way about Zach Taylor that I do Sirianni. I just don't think that I believe in them. And I think that this has to do with coaching. You look at a team that scores 38 points, Tim, and your quarterback didn't throw a touchdown. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't want to call it fluky, dude, <laughs> you know, but but there's some flukiness to that. Uh, you, you're walk away with a win if you're the Eagles. You cannot be happy with the way it went down and the way it went down late. You cannot be happy with the, the question marks that I had last night. I told you, why don't I like the Eagles that much? Because I don't like Hurts and I don't like their head coach. Well, Head coach was a problem today. Quarterback was a problem today. When you look at the stat line, you can't score 38 points and not throw a touchdown. And this is the whole Jalen Hurts factor, right? We've always talked about, you and I have never been on the Jalen Hurts train, but everybody's Jalen Hurts, man. He's the next guy. He's like a wannabe Lamar Jackson is the way I look at it. He, he was ineffective throwing the ball today. You said it, zero TDs. Yeah, it was about seven passing yards per completion. Oh, but he ran for 90 yards. He 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 has, um, what do you call it, Tommy, quick feet. So he's looking to run, which is the thing that we had always talked about Lamar in his first couple of years, and, and we'll see how he progresses this year with that. He, he didn't do it today. He didn't need to, I guess, but he has happy feet. So he had 90 yards rushing and a touchdown. But, look, you have – we talked about how deep that backfield is with Sanders and Gainwell and Scott. Why are you running? You know, Either you're passing – or you're handing off because I think that's an identity problem in Philadelphia too, is they don't really know what they're doing offensively. And it didn't hurt them today because the defense kind of choked this game away, but they were still able to win long-term though. That's going to be a problem for me. And I think that's another reason why, again, you and I were not high on Philadelphia as much as everybody else is. 
Well, you know, Tim, honestly, it, it might be a good thing that they almost blew this game. It might be a good thing. And let me explain why before people start freaking out. If you're up and you win this game, let's just say, you know, 38 uh, to you know 20, right? Something like that. 38-14. Let's say, let's say the Lions just didn't show up in the second half. You win this game 38-14 if you're the Eagles. You would go, everything works great. Everything worked great. But because it was a close game, Tim, because they almost blew it, makes people go, wait a minute. Oh, Jalen Hurts was only 18 to 32. No touchdowns. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, oh, wait a minute. The defense, they gave up a lot, a lot late. Oh, okay. Oh, there was a couple of favorable back. Oh, okay. You know, you start looking at the game. So maybe this is the kick in the you-know-what that the Eagles need to come out next week and really be firing on all cylinders. But I do worry about this defense. We'll look ahead to next week when we get to their opponent uh, here in a minute, Tommy. But speaking of the Lions, we talked about Washington last game. Those two will match up. So the Lions stay uh, at home here. And they're actually, if I'm reading this correctly, over at FanDuel, a point-and-a-half favorite over the visiting Washington Commanders. I got to like I gotta like them. You know, I kind of I got to like the Lions. I said it last night about them. This is a team, and I just uh, was texting with Chris Wynn about this. Uh, they just fight. Right. I mean, they just got they consistently fight. I said last night, guys, they might win only four or five games. That's actually an improvement. But they were one of the biggest covering teams last year. They just keep fighting. They just keep clawing. They just keep scratching. They're not going to beat a team that is supposed to win the division in the Eagles. You know, they almost did today. They're not going to beat those kind of teams. They got real close against Baltimore. And Brian was talking about that. Well, Baltimore was a good team back then. They're not going to beat good teams. They're not there yet. This Lions team is not there yet but they could beat teams on their level. And the Washington commanders are on their level. I don't like, you know, them being the favorites. I know that they're home, so they have to be. I don't like laying points with Detroit, but there's no way that I, I'm saying this is a bad line. It's gone down already here. So it, you can, it came down from two earlier today. It's all oh, sitting there at one and a half. Tim, I got to lean the Lions, but I don't think I'm walking up to the counter and bet, banking on them here. Right. I like the Lions too, and, if we're doing a pick 'em league, give me the Lions. I'm not betting on that game, though, Tom, right? You you know how it is with, with teams that are just, um, like you said, they're on that level, and there are two teams that are kind of similar places right now in the NFL. So we'll, we'll let it play out, and maybe they uh, – actually, maybe we get we get another high-scoring game like we did today with the Eagles, Tommy. I mean, I don't, I'm not looking at a total right now, but you have to think that the way Washington scores against bad defenses or that maybe they might be able to put up some points here as well. Uh, what do you think the total is? Because like, I have it in front of me. Between those two? Yeah. I'd say probably around 45. 45 at win bet right now, 47 and a half at FanDuel. So there's a little bit of discrepancy right there. Okay. I wonder. Go over, if anything, then. Yeah, it's over, if anything. If I can get it at 45, that's great. Uh, I might I might have to bring up my app, <laughs> you know. Um, but 47 and a half, that might, that might lean to it rising here, Tim. This next one, I've kind of been tongue in cheek waiting for this one because it was a, we didn't we didn't talk a lot about it, but I knew you were smiling and thinking about what this could mean, or is it just an overreaction? Because it is overreaction Sunday. The Minnesota Vikings at home knock off division rival Green Bay, twenty three to seven. Here's the story: Aaron Rodgers, no touchdown passes, one interception. This this was a beautiful game. If you're a Packer Rodgers hater. And then, you know, as Aaron Rodgers does, he came to the microphone as the stand-up guy that he is 
And when he has a game that he was simply pathetic at and had zero touchdown passes, he takes to the microphone and he has full conviction of how terrible he was, right, Tim? Yeah. No. Right after the game, he said, well, there was a lot of missed blocking assignments. Literally, this is what he said. Uh, you know, they block in the, they're blocking the wrong way on that play. Yeah, that we got to straighten that out. No, no, no. Not one time did he say, yeah, I kind of stunk out there. No. Aaron Rodgers is still all about him. And now you don't even have anybody to challenge him like a Devontae Adams to be like, hey, listen, dude, I'm pretty good. And, you know, now he's going to blame everything on everybody around him. Um, this was a beautiful game to watch. Even if you're a Bears fan, you got a roof of the Minnesota. Who cares? Beautiful game for them to watch. I said last night that I thought that the Vikings defense was going to be better. Daniel Hunter was one of the reasons that I said that. I, I think when you look at what happened with the Packers, the Packers went into this season with a different kind of game plan, and it played out there, Tim. The game plan that they want to have is, look, we want to play games in the low 20s. We're that defense now. Well, their defense kind of did the job. I know Jefferson went nuts. Nine catches, 184, okay? But he's the best receiver in the league, not named Cooper Cup. Um, but the Packers kind of played their game. They were just expecting their MVP quarterback to do something, and he just did nothing. A leader makes superstars out of other players around him, right? So if his main guy is gone, and I'm not saying there's a replacement for Devontae Adams talent-wise, but look, he's got different, he's got uh, younger guys, he's got new guys. Let's do this instead of blaming somebody for dropping a ball. And don't get me wrong, that first drive where uh, Watson dropped the probably would have been a touchdown, I get it. But, you know, they of course they cut back to him. You saw his face, Tom. Just a typical ass, man. Instead of motivating the guy, he just automatically discards him. And, and that's the Aaron Rodgers we know, man. Tim, let me ask you a question. And this is the, this is what I always kind of get annoyed at. Why is Devontae Adams not in Green Bay? Probably because of Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers' contract is too big. When Tom Brady's taking discounts and, and guys are taking discounts, Tom Brady uh, you know, has done it for years so he can have surrounding cast. You could not afford Aaron Rodgers' ridiculous contract. And Devontae Adams, they, they weren't going to do it. So I don't want to hear I don't have weapons. You had weapons. You decided to get paid your money or or trade me or get me out of here. No, look, look, that, you cannot cry and complain. You have to deal with what you have right now, right in front of you. Do, do I think that Green Bay gets better? Yeah, I do. But I do think Minnesota's for real this year. I had them winning the division. Vikings will head on the road for Monday Night Football in Week 2 at Philadelphia. Looks like, Tom, the Eagles are around a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite. I do have a total on this one, 48 over at DraftKings. I kind of like Minnesota here. Um, I, 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 I am big on Minnesota this year. And I, while I do have a play on Minnesota and the Eagles to go over for the totals for the year, I am bigger on Minnesota. I think that the things that Minnesota can do are just unstoppable when they're clicking. Now, you could tell me Kirk Cousins is not your guy, and I know that they were kind of ripping him apart in between breaks last night. Kirk Cousins goes out there and he does what you expect Kirk Cousins to do. He might not be that Super Bowl guy, probably not that Super Bowl, Super Bowl guy, but I feel confident that Kirk Cousins could go out there and win road games. He could win Monday night games. He could win divisions. He could win 10, 12 games. He could win a playoff game, right? That's Kirk Cousins. He does have a ceiling, but the ceiling isn't for a long time. Jefferson is turning into, and I said last night that he was going to have a – Cooper Cup light year, and I, I'm still going with that. Look at this start for Justin Jefferson. You can't stop him. When Dalvin Cook is healthy, you can't stop him. Uh, they, they have everything working for them. Philly showed me a lot of problems today, and they are at home. I get it, and their offense is good. 48, 
uh, I mean, I got to think that this is this is an over. I would have thought it was an over before when I watched with Philly. This is an over to me, and I kind of lean the Vikings. I think we can get one more in here before the top of the hour. What what the heck happened here in Tennessee, Tom? Double-digit lead going into the half. Then, I don't know, the, the roof fell, or the excuse me, the ceiling fell completely down upon Tennessee here. They had Barkley basically shut down. But when you look at the end of the game now, from a 13-0 lead for the Titans, they lose 21-20 in the last seconds, and Barkley runs wild at that point to the tune of 160. Brian Dable played backyard football in the second half. Brian Dable played with every fantasy player is screaming, when every prop player is screaming. He's just going, well, nothing's working. Just give it to Barkley. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really what he did. Nothing is working today. We can't get any offense going. They scored zero points in the first half. We can't get anything working at all. All right, we're just going to go crazy on Barkley. And they did, and Barkley absolutely just succeeded here. They didn't want that game plan, but that's what they came up with. I was worried about the Titans' lack of a pass rush, and I think that that came from to fruition, and they started to realize it. Once the Giants realized, okay, they're sending guys. They're, they were changing up blitz packages. Why? Because the Giants, you know, they have to get there, and the Giants need that pressure in Daniel Jones' face. But once they started to do that, then it was Barkley time, and Barkley got out in front of the defense. Um, the Giants did get a little lucky. Barkley had a huge fumble late in that game. Uh, I thought he broke away for a touchdown. Huge fumble, but it went out of bounds. Um, so the Giants did get lucky, but I love it. Look, I love that, that Brian Dable said, I'm not going for a tie. My team's not making the playoffs this year, right? No one's expecting anything. I'm on the road. I'm not going for the tie. I'm going for the win. And I love the fact that he tacked on the extra point to go for the win. He had Barkley running wild. They were they were generally afraid of Saquon Barkley, the Titans defense. And he used them for the touchdown. He used them the entire drives for the touchdown. He used them the whole second half. And he used them for the two-point conversion. That is just rubbing it in your opponent's face. I love that Brian Dable got the win the way he got it. Giants 133 yards in the first half. They finished with 394, so they doubled that in the second half. Tom, what's the name of the Tennessee's coach? He's escaping me right now. You know? Vrabel. Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel. Never been a fan, and this is why. You have an established lead. They Just theoretically, Tommy, right? They could have just ran the clock out in the second half by just running the football consistently. And I don't know why Derrick, you know, he ran Derrick Henry into the ground the last three, four years. He just had 20 carries today. And you think about, oh, well, 20 is a lot. Not when he used to run close to 30 a game. Why, why did they go away from this? Just run the ball, run the clock out, get a win. I mean, don't allow them to do that. And, and I think once it got it got him started getting away from it, he didn't know what to do at that point because he was trying to play catch up. Yeah, uh, it, it was, you're right. Um I think it shows that they want to save Henry. And I think that they took the Giants for granted. I would beat this team. Ah, it's fine. Ah, you know, we're not going to run him into the ground. Don't worry about it. Week two, we have the, the double header on Monday night. We talked about the uh, night game. How about this one? Tennessee, Tommy, at Buffalo, the Bills, nine. You know, I saw the Bills a couple of weeks ago at 7. I took it, Tim. I never take look at headlines. You know that. In the history of the show, I probably told you I haven't taken three look at headlines. I took it at 7 because I said, if the Bills beat the Rams, this is going to skyrocket. And here it is, 9.5. I love the Bills. Love them because they, you have to remember, they have a bad loss on their minds. And Josh Allen's the guy that did it. Last year, 
Tennessee, remember on the one yard line, Josh Allen fumbles the ball and Tennessee beats somehow Buffalo in a wild, ridiculous game. Now it's up in Orchard Park. Now Buffalo gets four extra days. You get four extra days to go after this team. Uh, I watched that game over and over. Buffalo controlled the game the entire time, yet somehow or another lost that game. I'm telling you, I think Buffalo is in absolute revenge mode here, and, and they, they might win this one going away. Early look on the Giants. Big win. They're going to go home, Tommy. Bring in Carolina, and the Giants are actually favored here, minus the two. Would you say this is a a similar Washington-Jacksonville, similar level teams game that uh, – Maybe you could look at an over situation no, here rather than, no. no, this is a pure overreaction. Pure overreaction. The whole world like Carolina to be Cleveland, even though Cleveland is basically a playoff team, right? The whole world loved that. Okay? Everybody found a million reasons why Carolina was going to beat Cleveland. And I got it. Look, I said last night, Cleveland's a better team, but I understood it. You have a lot to like in Carolina. The Giants – you want to talk to me before the fourth quarter? People are going, yeah, Giants are going to be like seven-point underdogs. Right? I mean, they're going to get crushed. Why? Because they had a good fourth quarter, went for two. It's an emotional feeling game. No, 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 no. This is a huge overreaction. And a game I don't think we'll even be talking about, Tom, because we are in the Westgate contest, and we finished 4-1 and one today. How about that, man? Congrats. 4-1, and one, I'll take it all day. And it's funny because the four plays that I gave you – I, we, we talked about the four plays two weeks ago, and they didn't change. Two weeks ago, I said, I can't believe I'm taking these. We had four plays. They went 4-0. and Me and you went back and forth between Jacksonville, between the Titans. We had uh, – uh, I, I was, hey, do you want to go contrarian and take Atlanta? We, we had about four or five games. We just couldn't find that fifth game, and it wound up biting us. That's okay, man. You know, we'll go 80% and then uh, work our way up after that. Yeah, but, but you know me. I won't sleep over the one loss. Yeah, I know. Best in the business, my friend. And we're going to take. That's why I didn't give it to my clients. That's why I didn't give it to Tom. Anybody at TomBartonSports.com didn't see that play. Yeah, I only gave the four that I liked. That being said, we are going to take the top of the hour timeout in hour two. Yes, more week one NFL action, including that uh, unbelievable game, AFC North style, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. We'll talk about that to open up hour two and get you ready for Monday night football, Denver and Seattle tomorrow night to conclude week one. Tim Mugglesby, Tom Barton, Ryan with you here on a super sunny night. It's heat wave sports. It's Fox sports radio. Now back to heat wave sports. Here we go, hour two of E-Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM, 13.40 AM, at HW Sports, at Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. And Tommy, before we get into some more week one action, you will be departing Vegas here shortly tomorrow, sometime tomorrow. And uh, good weekend for Tom Barton, but not a lot of sleep for Tom Barton. So I dropped Tommy off at his hotel Last night around uh, 1, one thirty ish he was up at, what, Tom, 5.36? He had a show to do, working while you're vacationing, I guess. it's Actually, this is work, right? This is a work trip. So This is all work. If the IRS is listening, yeah, you, I'm writing this trip <laughs> off. <man. laughs> 
<laughs> I can't now because I've been talking about how much money I want, actually. I kind of have the receipts like posted on, on you know, social media. But no, look, I had dinners. You know, I had to do some things. I, I did actually meet up with clients and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's pure work. I came here. As you know, you know, I'm like, came here Thursday night uh, or Wednesday night. I didn't do really much Wednesday night. Thursday, had a lot of fun Thursday, had a lot of fun Friday. And then I was just like, okay, now I'm in work mode. I haven't touched a sip of a drink since, you know, Friday night uh, because I, I take it serious, guys. You know, even though it's quote unquote vacation, but not really. So give us your quick review on the sports books that you did visit. I know you finally got to Circa, uh, which for the first time, because they opened uh, while you during the, the three-year absence of, of Tom Barton. I know you were at the Excalibur. I know you were at Mandalay Bay. Um, talk about the books and, and what your thoughts are on Vegas sports books, because your opinion of them is, is slightly down right now, right? Uh, it's incredibly down. It, it is incredibly down. Um, I was... I don't want to use the word appalled, <laughs> but very, very taken back at the sports books. Um, I, I went over to Mandalay Bay because I remember Mandalay Bay being a, a pretty good sports book. Went over to Mandalay Bay. And the way I explained it to you, hey, good space, everything. They basically give you chairs with like desks attached like we had. <laughs> um, just, oh, you know, not a terrible setup. I, you know, I heard that the deli's good over there. Not a terrible setup. Certainly less than what I'm used to, we'll say. Um, MGM, uh, I walked in there, kind of walked right out. It's kind of just the same. Nothing has changed. It's a little bit dated. Uh, Excalibur, Excalibur was pretty okay. Um, but again, not big enough. People sitting on the floor today. You asked me, how is it? People sitting all over the floors, like all over the floors. I'm not talking one <laughs> or two dudes. You know, there's 25, 30 people sitting on the floors. It's just not, not sustaining for what they needed to do. And they have a lot of space there. Just throw a couple of new chairs in there. None of the chairs are leather. None of them have the plugins for the, the charging your cords. Now, I eventually did make my way down to Circus Sports, which is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Uh, I didn't get to go up to the pool because I wasn't paying 40 bucks just to look at the pool and turn around and walk away. Um, but, but yeah, Circa, Circa was great. Circa is what you expect it to be. Everything that you hear is exactly what it is. It's like being in a stadium for all the good and, you know, maybe, maybe not so good that you have in a stadium experience, but – it was great. I was there. I had a great time. Um, Westgate's always a great time. But if you remove – Circa and Westgate are clearly the paramount. But if you remove those sports books, it gets a little it gets a little weak. And I think that a lot of the weakness, Tim, comes from the idea that they still don't understand – this town still doesn't understand how to utilize players that are playing on their, on their phones. Now, I, I told the story last night. I walked up in the Excalibur – very extremely nice staff uh, at the sports book, by the way. I walked up to the staff in the Excalibur and I was like, hey, do you guys have prop plays? And she's like, yeah. And just stared at me. And I said, well, where can I see them? <laughs> you know, because they're not posted anywhere. And I said, I even looked on the kiosk. She said, yeah, they're not on the kiosks. Now, I will give credit. Look, Excalibur actually has five kiosks um, right on the main floor. They should have about 30. I didn't see a kiosk pretty much anywhere else. The kiosks are not there. So she, she had to print out all those sheets for me to go and go up to my room and kind of do. Why? Where are those sheets? Why are they not available? Why, you know, these are the mistakes that people are making. Well, everyone's got it on their phone. Yeah, but 
give it to people, people like me, who I ought to sit down, watch the game and go look at it rather than go through my phone. And now I got to go waste time going through my phone and waste my battery, which you don't have a charge and plugging station. So I'm used to a certain kind of sports book at this point, Tim, traveling around the country and the countries in sports books. And you expect Vegas to just have the next level um, outside of Circa and Westgate, which again are the clear superior sports books in town. Outside of those two, I would say that Atlantic City has this covered, beaten by a million. The, the bad sports books in Atlantic City still have leather chairs, still have waitress service, still have uh, you know plugins for for your electronics, still have all of that. And I know it's brand new, but they still have all of that. The, with the exception of the two big boys, I would say that the mediocre sports books around the country are about what Vegas is right now, if not better. And that's saying something for a town that should be the leader here in the sports books. I know we're going to get calls and we're, I'm going to get people ripping me apart on Twitter and go, well, you only went to you know five sports books. You only went to MGM property. Well, no, I, I walked around. Okay, I went down the strip. I just wanted to mention a couple. Uh, this is, again, to exclude the two big boys. It's just it was disappointing. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, and I live here, Tom, you really didn't miss. You didn't go to a couple. Okay, I, I know like people like Bellagio. I know a lot of people remark about um, other sports books in town. When, when you come back. Next month, we'll go to off-strip ones, and you can tell me how you, what you think about those. We'll go to we'll go to the Red Rock, which I like. We'll go to Palms, which I like. And I've been see. to the Palms. I've been, I haven't been to the Palms in three years, but I've been to the Palms. They that was always it was always good, yeah. solid. You know, um, I would say the Palms is probably on the more upper echelon. I've never been to Red Rock uh, for, for full disclosure. I've never been there. I I I just think that it, it should be an event and. Jay Cornegy did it the right way with Westgate. Uh, Derek Stevens did it right with Circa. It should be an event. And I think that they get caught up. And I've spoken to people in different in different uh, country. I, I'm sorry, in different states around the country. And I talked to somebody in Illinois who was talking about it when they came out with it. And I just uh, recently talked to somebody in Louisiana uh, that was talking about what they were going to do with the sports book down there. And basically their feeling is what I think Vegas is, is, well, you know, we don't make a ton of money on what we get in the sports book. The margins are really thin, so we're not that worried about it. Where Derek Stevens and Jay Cornegy made that an event itself. Yeah, I, I traveled 25 minutes to go to the Circa, right? I traveled 25 minutes to go give them money, right? I, I traveled to go to the Westgate because it's an experience unto itself. Maybe you're not going to make the greatest margins there, but the food and the and the, and the atmosphere and the, the people that are still going to stay in your casino afterwards to, to gamble, to bet, to bet, it, it's insurmountable. You can't measure how good that is. And I've seen the casinos go from small sports books to boom. Okay. DraftKings own it or FanDuel owns it or, or one of these other places own it. And the amount of just, Oh, we have to go there for that sports book. And we have to get to that one. It's crazy. So I'm sure there are some other decent ones, Tim, but outside of those two, none are must see viewing. What was the reaction? And I know there was a lot of uh, groans or cheers for this one, Tom. Divisional matchup, AFC North. Pittsburgh finds a way to win at Cincinnati 23-20 in overtime. Just the missed kicks. Uh, Burrow complete 
I'll, I'll say it. You, you can say, you know, everyone's talking about his 338 and his touchdown pass to Chase. He is garbage today. Just a, but it was an exciting football game. And I know the dinks and doinks and missed field goals there at the end were, were just crazy. That The atmosphere in the book on that game alone should have just been craziness. Yeah, Joe Burrow was garbage today. Joe Burrow it was was and the Bengals. I mean, it's the Bengals. Joe Burrow was harassed all day, so it wasn't necessarily him, but he got terrified. We talked about it last night. I said JJ uh, TJ was the best defensive player in the league, and I wasn't joking. Um, he was amazing. He could have two more interceptions, by the way. He was a guy <laughs> up in his face. He was right there because the offensive line is so bad. So yeah, Burrow was terrible, but you know what? They were living in his face all game long. The time that Joe Burrow started tacking on the yards, the time that you know Chase was able to finally start getting something going is when Cam Hayward left the game and then T.J. Watt left the game. So you were playing without the best defensive player in the league and one of the top five defensive linemen in the league. I don't want to hear how great Joe Burrow looked at the end of the game because you lost two of those guys. Imagine saying, uh, well, you know what? The, the, this team looked uh, Kansas City didn't look too good today. Yeah, but they were without Kelsey uh, and and Mahomes. Oh, okay. Well, that's an issue. But people don't look at it right for the defensive side. Pittsburgh uh, absolutely dominated that game. They owned them. Tomlin completely and utterly had his guys ready. Uh, Tomlin had this team just driving down the field uh, in a spot where Trubinsky didn't even have to do much and just kind of, hey, you know what, just do enough to get, get it done. Najee Harris got banged up in this game. They still were okay. Deontay Johnson, where was he? You look at this kind of game, and it was better coaching. Joe Burrow looked terrible. Pittsburgh's defenses still got it. And anybody that was doubting me with Pittsburgh yesterday, after I went out on a Cincinnati Bengals tirade, and everybody at that table said, oh, you know, come on, Cincinnati's not going to be that bad. Pittsburgh, oh, no, they're done. Go watch today's game again. Go watch the, the, the absolute dominance that they had. Pittsburgh is going to be a factor again this year. I'm going to cash that ticket of over seven and a half. Well, if Watt isn't out for the season, um, Pittsburgh is going to be a dominant defense again. They are going to really turn some heads in some spots. And Cincinnati, this is not a one-off. This is not a fluke. You're going down, Cincinnati. Look ahead. And I know you just listed serious injuries for star players in Pittsburgh. How about this one? We, we just talked about New England in hour one, Tom. New England at Pittsburgh next week. Pick. Uh, look, I got to wait on Watt. I got to wait on Haywood. I got to see Najee Harris. I, I think I think it's Pitt all day long. I, I think you look at the Steelers and you go, they're at home, Tomlin. Uh, look at what New England just looked like. But the heart and soul of that team is T.J. Watt. If they get an announcement, look, he's not going to play in the game. I'm not saying he's going to play in the game. He's not going to play in the game. But there, there's a difference between the pec injury that he has. One of them is, well, he could be back in six to eight weeks. The other one is out. He's out for the season. If you hear that kind of news about your best player and your defensive star and the, literally the best player in the league in some cases uh, being out for the season, it'll devastate a team. It'll devastate a team if Najee Harris has to miss the game. It'll devastate a team if uh, Cam Hayward has to miss this game. So there's a lot of – moving parts in this game. I, you cannot touch it right now. I, I still think that Pittsburgh probably gets the win here, Tim. But if all the, that news comes down, you just you cannot touch this game. And isn't this a, automatically the red flags pop up, the sirens go off in your head? Like the, the line just does not seem right. 
with the way the you know, the overreactions, right? The way these teams have played, Tom. But we know this is the NFL. We've seen it. Uh, everybody and their mother and father are going to be on the Steelers next week, man. What's the over under? Like eighteen? <laughs> <laughs> right? Forty one. I mean, Forty one. Yeah, that's the thing that jumps out at me. That that's going to be an under game. But now without defensive players, maybe I got to bite my tongue there a little bit. So I don't have a, a local line on the, on the Cincinnati game. They're playing in Dallas, and we know. Jack out, but I do have one over at FanDuel. The Cowboys stay home and welcome the Bengals. It's Dallas minus one and a half. I, I have to think that's yeah, going to Yeah, no, I can tell you now it's two and a half. Um, they're starting to pop up. Uh, uh, Caesars just put it up at two and a half. Uh, BetMGM's got two and a half. WinBook has uh, WinBet has two and a half. So, yeah, there is a one and a half out there. You're right. FanDuel has one and a half. The rest of them have two and a half. How, how do you bet that game? Not with not even knowing who the quarterback in Dallas is going to be. I take Cincinnati. I just ripped them apart. They're awful. They're terrible. I take, no, no, no. I, honestly, um, yeah, you can't do this until you find out what's going on. How, how long is Dak going to be out for? Again, he's not going to play this game. We get that, but there is the idea here, Tim, that you go. He's not going to play this game. That that's fine. Uh, but if you hear. Hey, Dak's coming back in four weeks, five weeks. You could rally. If you hear Dak's out for the season, isn't Dallas kind of folding tent? It, don't they just kind of, kind of go, okay, uh, get Cam Newton on the phone at that point? I mean, what what is their move as an organization? You just look at this and you go, another losing season. Uh, Chris Wynn went on a, a tirade how Dallas has been irrelevant. If Dak's out for the season, it'll be another year. We uh new head coach as well. I, you know, I don't think so. That's the problem. I don't think so. I think he's got a built-in excuse. No doubt. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't think Jerry cares sometimes. So depends yeah, listen, how he feels. Listen, I coach in New York, so. <laughs> how about this one? Let's go back in time. This is the ugly game of the week for me. We have an ugly tie, Tom, 2020, Indianapolis, Houston. We like the Texans. We like this Davis This is one of the most beautiful things I've ever laid eyes on, Tim. What's wrong with you? I'm talking. I'm just speaking out in in general here. Most people don't like the ugly tie, but we I, like Davis. I had Houston, Houston plus seven. I love it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> plus seven, plus eight. We had Davis Mills. If we bet it, we liked the over the two twenty in passing. I, he did all that. Taylor got off, but look, Indianapolis looked terrible today. Twenty to twenty. Yeah, there, there's that um, trend I was telling you guys about. Right, week one in the NFL, divisional home underdogs. Cover at 61% coming into last night. Well, here was the spot. I said to everybody there, I like Houston. Uh, even at seven, would drop from eight and a half to seven. Didn't care. I think that we see with the Colts the problems that I talked about, right? I think that we see with the Colts the issues. They're, it, they're just not going to hit the ground running. You're missing your defensive coordinator. You're missing some assistance. You're missing your star middle linebacker. Your secondary receiver is Mo Cox. You have a brand new quarterback. There was just too many moving parts, Tim. I think the Colts will get better over the course of the season. Sure. They're going to escalate. You get another game under their belt. Maybe they fixed it. Maybe they fixed it in the second half because they looked a better team in the second half. But do not discount this Houston team. I'm not talking playoffs or anything like that. I'm not even talking about getting over their wins total. But I think Houston's going to be that covering type of team. That team everybody wants to go against constantly. And then they watch Davis Mills, you know, hitting Brandon Cooks late in the game and going, ah, oh, I got backdoored again. You still only lost by seven there, down by 10, 10 and a half. I think that that's the Houston team that we're going to be looking at. Well, Indianapolis, week two at Jacksonville. Tom, the Colts, a four point favorite on the road. 
As much as I like Jacksonville, I'm scared that Houston might be able to, I'm sorry, that Indy might be able to fix things quickly. Um, it doesn't matter if it's on the road. Jacksonville doesn't have any real fans. To, that, that, that means nothing to me. I, I would be afraid that they can fix things fairly quickly down there. I would be afraid that the overreaction is going to push everybody to go, and, eh, Jacksonville at home, home underdog. It is a divisional home underdog. So you would think I would like Jacksonville. I'm going to watch the money here. I'm going to see where people are going. Because this could be a fixing week for Indianapolis. Look, I'm going to be full disclosure. I didn't get a chance to sit down and really pay attention to that game in the manner that I normally would. I'm going to sit down on Tuesday. I land tomorrow, and I'm going to sit down on Tuesday, and then I rewatch all the games. That is a game I want to see. Is it things that were just out of sync? Were guys running wrong routes? Well, you know, Was it just a fluky kind of a situation where timing was off, or was this a fundamental problem? And that's what I got, I, I'm going to have to find out about that game. As for Houston, a tie in my books is good as a win when you're considering what do you expect from the Houston Texans this year. So next week, week two, Tom, they're on the road at Denver. Denver hasn't even played yet. Already a 10-point favorite at home. I like Houston. Yeah, plus 10 and a half. Uh, you know me, double-digit favorites. Uh, look, it hasn't been the same the last two or three years. Double-digit favorites have been covering, um, especially at home. Uh, but short week for Denver. Right, they get one last game, and we have not seen how Denver is playing right now. What I watched with Houston is that this team could play. I, I watched an offense that I think moved the ball effectively, a bit more than the score indicated. And I watched a defense that is a no-name defense, but I said it last night, Lovey Smith's a defensive guy. He had them playing really well. So I, I tend to lean Houston here if I could get that 10 and a half. Another divisional game. Tom, Atlanta had this game won at home, 26-10, with about 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They lose 27-26. Michael Thomas finds hand zone twice in the fourth. Uh, game over. New Orleans did not deserve to win this game, but they do get the W. Yeah, didn't deserve to win it, but it looked like they were kind of going through the motions early on. Somehow or another, Marcus Mariota was able to put up mid-20s points, and Kyle Pitts had two receptions. Are we ready to talk about this guy as just being maybe just not that good? Uh, two receptions in that game. Their starting running back was out in that game. Drake London was questionable. Atlanta played well. They played well at home. You have to give them a lot of credit. But I think the Saints kind of showed who they were going to be late in that game. I still don't trust Jameis Winston at all. But I think the Saints defensively found their groove later on in the second half. Week two. Falcons at the Rams, minus 11 for the Rams, Tom. This one opened up at 13 and a half, and it's gone down. People like the Falcons, I guess, after today and everything that happened. You know, normally, you know me with double-digit favorites, Tim, right? I think the Rams humiliate this team. The Rams have, four, what was it, three, three extra days now to prepare, okay? They are coming off of a loss that they just cannot sustain. Atlanta is bad in the passing game. We watched that late in the game. They're going to pass all over them, and they just Atlanta's not going to be able to do anything offensively with Donald in their face. This is one of those humiliation type of games. You know I don't like to take double-digit favorites. I don't know why the line's dropping. This looks like a 20-point blowout to me. This next one we talked about, decent length, and we talked about this, the built-in storylines with Baker Midfield moving to Carolina now taking on his former team in week one, thanks to the NFL schedule makers. Um, he, struggled, he struggled in this one 
a lot until the end of, I'd say right there in the fourth quarter where he was actually able to get in the end zone. But uh, an exciting fourth quarter. Carolina really there with an opportunity to win. They just couldn't stop Cleveland on that final drive. And, and York, the, the kid kicks a 58-yarder to win it. Cleveland, better team like you said, Tommy. We saw that line adjust itself after the Mayfield trade. We saw uh, just back towards Cleveland. And they, they get the 26-24 win on the road. This is how Cleveland's going to win games this year, Tim. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb. 22 for 141. That, this is how they're going to win games. We all know about Derrick Henry. We all know about Jonathan Taylor. Nick Chubb is that bell cow back. He's going to carry the ball all day. He didn't get the touchdown because they give it to Kareem Hunt. But uh, Nick Chubb is going to carry the ball and just dominate. And that's what he did. You said it late in the game. It got exciting. Uh, Baker Mayfield was trying to find himself. And I think he was a little frustrated early on. Eventually, he started to just play ball. He started to look decent. Uh, the defense just got out to a bad start because Nick Chubb just ran all over them. It can happen to anybody. I think the Panthers played well. I think the Panthers had a lot of emotion in that game. I think Baker Mayfield had a lot of emotion that I was concerned would work against him. And I think it did work against him until later on in the game. You saw when he scored that early touchdown, when he ran in him, slammed the ball against the back. And you could feel the emotion out of Baker. I think he was just a little too amped up. Panthers are a better team than what they've showed, but I thought that they played a really good game. And the Browns, this is going to be the Browns all season, guys. If Nick Chubb runs the ball and runs it effectively like Nick Chubb can, the Browns will win games. If you decide to just sell out, make Jacoby Brissett beat you, and, and dare them to throw, you have a chance to beat them. This was one of those games where Nick Chubb just could not be stopped. Cleveland welcomes the Jets next week. Browns, six-and-a-half-point favorite. You have to like the Browns, right? Uh, the Jets are just a terrible run organization, a terrible team. They don't have anything. They have nothing to stop Nick Chubb. I just talked about 22 to 141. Yeah, I'll take the over for whatever his rushing props are. He was 74 and a half. He almost doubled that. It'll be, what, 80, 85? Uh, uh, he's going to get 100. And the Browns, they, they should cover this number, even though it's the Browns, even though it's Jacoby Brissett. And I know you talked about it. Earlier, Tom, with the overreaction here, Panthers Giants in or at the Giants, two and a half is the line for New York. Yeah, kind of like the Panthers. I think that they are the better team. And I think that if we would have gone into today and the Giants didn't have that last two point conversion, even, even if they just lost the game, I think that this line would be looked at quite differently. It wouldn't move the line, but I think that people would be looking at this line quite differently. Um, the same thing with Carolina. Look, you know, they gave up uh, you know, a late field goal. This could very well have turned into, <laughs> you know, the 0-1 Giants against the 1-0 Panthers. Um, the Giants are the feel-good story. I, I kind of like the Panthers in this one. I, I do too. And then just thoughts in my head, and I would like it better if I could get that extra point, I'd say. put it, Give me the ugly three and a half. But here's the thing that worries me, Tom, that – I think you're right about Baker. It was there was too much going on. Maybe he settles in here in week two. But the way that Chubb ran the ball on him, isn't that all David really should be looking at? Is well, let's just run Shaq the same way. They can't stop the run. They're, they're, you're right. They're going to, but they're different runners, Tim. Um, Saquon Barkley is just not the guy to lower his head and go up the middle and just just grind out those yards. He wants to get out in space. They're going to flip it to him. They're going to do end arounds. They're going to do those kind of things. And I think the Panthers can play better against that. Nick Chubb was just lowering his head and just saying, yeah, okay, cool, stop me. 
It, it, those kind of runners, it's a Derrick Henry type of runner, you know, the angry runner. Jonathan Taylor's like that a little bit. They're a different breed. Barkley can have a huge game, and you're right. Um, you know, it, it makes sense that Barkley would have a big game because what we just watched. But they are different runners, and it's a different defensive approach. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Chubb's a, a bruiser. Barkley's trying to be the more of the finesse back. Um, I like, I, I do like Carolina. I agree. I think offensively they're just a better team. I like the weapons better. Look, we all know you said it. Giants were very lucky to win that football game, and they basically just abandoned any game plan whatsoever once they saw what was working, and they just they were just going to keep it going until until uh, either we, we win this game or we don't, and then they were able to get the last the last score right right at the end of the game tom and went for the two i love that i thought that was great there's a lot of excitement there so here's where the Timmy, overreaction that's in right tim if you love the giants you better catch them right now because i'm looking uh east coast lines have them up to three already and yeah. some of them are three minus 108 so they're going up oh no i don't love i like i like the other side i was just giving you the other the other point of view tom i like carolina actually but not enough to bet it Okay. Yeah, it won't be on my card. Let's take our final time out here on a Super Sunday night. A couple more games to go. We'll look at the Monday nighter as well. Seattle, Denver, as we roll into a Monday morning here on Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. The size of the school, their fancy uniforms, and remember what got you here. Focus on the fundamentals that we've gone over time and time again. And most important, don't get caught up thinking about winning or losing this game. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. Okay? Sports with Tim Oglesby and Tom Barton. Heat Wave Sports for Life here on Fox Sports Radio Las Vegas every Saturday and Sunday, 10 o'clock. Football season. We're doing it again next week. Saturday night, we'll get you ready for the game. Sunday night, we'll recap all of them. And we got two more to go here and a preview game for Monday Night Football as we head down the home stretch tonight on a, on a Super Sunday. Tom, uh, look, the Sunday night game, kind of boring, really, when you talk about it, right? Uh, Tampa gets the 19-3 win on the road. Brady throws a, a touchdown pass here to seal it in the third quarter, a scoreless fourth, no Dak Prescott. Tampa wins, ugly game. Yeah, look, it was an ugly game. It's kind of what we expected. Uh, Brady and company had a little bit of problems up front. Uh, Michael Parsons had a big game. He was taking advantage of a weak offensive line, but they had the game plan, dink and dunk, and just use Fournette all day, and it was working against Dallas. Dallas, um, we said it last night, look, going to be a decent defense this year. Their offense, we don't know. C.D. Lamb certainly didn't look like a number one receiver tonight. They certainly look like they didn't have a number two receiver tonight. Um, they didn't have that downfield threat. Collinsworth explained that a couple of times. And then Dak Prescott gets hurt at the end of the game to add insult to injury. I don't think the Cowboys were ever really in this game. I, I don't think that we're going to see a lot of Cowboys games that are this futile on the offensive side of things. I don't think the Bucks 
are going to have this dominating a defensive performance anymore. But it worked for week one. Week one was my worry kind of area for Tom Brady. And he wound up surviving and not only surviving, but winning pretty convincingly. Yeah, Dallas was ugly. I agree. I don't think you're going to get – look, Tampa's Tampa, right? I think the defense has stepped back from where they were, but at the same time, it didn't have to be. Cooper Rush played the majority of this game, and really it's kind of like if you're a Cowboy fan, you better hope Dak's coming back at some point soon, or it could be a wash season. We talked about that. We talked about um, Tampa struggles offensive line, but I don't think that came into play tonight, and and Fournette ran the ball effectively – so for next week, though, Tampa, look, they're going to stay on the road. They're going to be in New Orleans, divisional game, Tom. Two-and-a-half-point favorite over at FanDuel at New Orleans. They always struggle in New Orleans. Brady always struggles against the Saints. But it's a different head coach there. I just it, just too much for me to, to go on. It's a divisional game. Yeah, I think Tampa Bay looked great. I think Tampa Bay's defense, I should say, looked great. But I still worry about the problems that I worried about 24 hours ago. Right, still, I'm concerned about those problems. The Saints, they didn't look good for some of the game, but they really stepped it up. This is a stay away, stay far away type of game for me. Last one up for Sunday. I saved this one for you, Tom. Chicago Bears, 19, San Francisco, 10. Take it away, my man. This was everything that I expect the Bears to do and everything I expect the Bears' season to be, and that is – Ugly, nasty, sloppy. You got all kinds of problems with everything everybody did, and they walk away with one of those wins. This is the kind of Bears games that are fine for a Bears fan because we've seen these kind of wins before. We've seen the team generate kind of things like this before. Throw out the rain, which obviously was a factor. You throw out this rain, you just say, Trey Lance looked bad. They made him look bad, but he looked bad. Brisker looks like a serious player, and I mentioned that last night. Johnson's a good player. Roquan Smith had a big game. Uh, Quinn was living in the backfield. And what happened? They harassed Trey Lance. He couldn't get the ball downfield. He missed quite a few open receivers. There was a lot of luck involved for the Chicago Bears, but they're 1-0. Anybody that wound up taking that under, under 5.5, you know, you're, you're nervous down at 1-0. The Bears' Justin Fields did just enough. Justin Fields, you can see as a leader, even if he wasn't exemplary today. I love the combination. I mentioned this quite a few times over the course of the summer of Herbert and Montgomery. And Herbert's eventually going to take over that role. Probably not this year, but next year. That two-headed attack is fantastic. It's hard to judge a game like this because the weather was so bad and it was just so ugly. But the Bears liked that. And they came out of this with with the upper hand. I mean, they came out of this in the second half and really just owned the second half of this game. Trey Lance on the other side of this thing, he just looked bad. You know, he had admitted before the game he has never, ever uh, played in rain in his life. <laughs> okay? So that is a problem. I think that San Francisco is worlds better than what we watched. I think Trey Lance is worlds better than what we watched. But the Bears did a great job, and they escaped one nothing. You're right. Look, the weather obviously had an impact on, on game plans. And look, Tommy and I aren't Nostradamus, but if you really listen to some of the things that the key concerns, and and I'm not even saying that we're geniuses about it, right? Because these should be evident issues that you were talking about. And again, I'm going to stress, please listen to this, that this is not San Francisco's offense. But Tom, we did talk last night about Trey Lance. We did talk about, in, in my opinion, was the pressure, extra pressure added on his back by keeping Garoppolo around. And sure as heck, look what happens, right? He's 
looked terrible today. They have a loss. And now, what do you think that pressure is building? If, if they were trying to keep Garoppolo for maybe, Tommy, at some point during the season, a team's quarterback goes down and they were going to rob a bank coming back the other way, Dallas maybe, that's out the window now because I think you have to – at some point, we talked about a four-game stretch. If they were one and three, they're switching the quarterback. Well, guess what, Tom? One of those three just happened. San Francisco's in trouble if they don't get it together. And I'm talking about next week. Yeah, San Francisco's got a game next week that they have to absolutely just dominate from start to finish. Um, I, I don't like to lean towards a team that I haven't seen play yet, and I sort of think that Seattle plays well. Uh, but they have to get that win. Because after that, Tim, they go Sunday night football to Denver. And then they have the, the defending Super Bowl champs, the Chargers. I, that's a, I mean, uh, the Rams. Then you go road game Carolina, road game Atlanta for the young kid, Kansas City, Rams, Chargers, back to back to back. There is a real scenario here. And we're talking about a, a legitimate situation that the San Francisco 49ers can be sitting here with two wins going into week 11. And their playoff hopes are dashed at that point. Uh, right now, the team that you saw, you can't you can't think that they could beat the Rams twice. You can't think yeah. that they could beat Kansas City. You can't think that they could go to Denver and win that game. You can't think that they could beat the Chargers. Not the team that we saw. Now, again, I think they're much better than what we saw, but they better put an absolute smackdown on Seattle. If, if Seattle uh, – you know, I'm going to watch carefully tomorrow with Seattle. If Seattle's defense looks as bad as I think that they will be, I think San Francisco is going to be a play for mine. But – you know, I, I kind of look, I'm looking at Seattle tomorrow and I'm saying, yeah, you know what? They might hang in there, even though I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. I just have a hard time trusting Trey Lance right now. And the books agree with your assessment that this should be a San Francisco stomp. They're a nine point favorite at home next week against a team that hasn't even snapped the football yet. Nine point favorites at home. We don't know George Kittle's status. And I think yeah. that's important. Liza Mitchell also, by the way, got a little banged up today. Too. Uh, Debo Samuel was down on the field at certain points. Again, it was a sloppy field. Let's see what that injury report says. In your opinion, does Trey Lance get benched at some point this season for Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, it- I, I think, you know, I, look, let, let's look at the, the Niners schedule because I just, I just had it up. And the Niners schedule – will we'll tell us everything we need to, to kind of know. Because even if they get out of here with wins, I just don't think that he's going to look impressed. Again, I think he's going to be a player in this league. Uh, but I, I just think that you're right. Look, you know, loss against Chicago. We're going to give him a win in Seattle. You go to Denver. I don't think you're going to get a win there. I don't think he's going to – look, if he gets a win, that's fine. He's not going to look good there, right? So he might look good against Seattle. He's not going to look good against Denver. He's not going to look good against the Rams. So he's got three of his first four games. He doesn't look good, Tim. Now you can go against Carolina and Atlanta and look good. Are you going to look good against the Rams and Chargers? That bye week is week nine. That's after the Rams game. So he does have a stretch of games, Carolina, Atlanta, and Kansas City, to make us all believe that he looked bad against Chicago, good against Seattle, bad against Denver and L.A., but good against Carolina, Atlanta, and Kansas City. He'll keep the job. I just have have a belief that he's not going to be able to ramp it up that much. I don't I don't even know if it would take wins and losses, Tim. I think it ha- it would take look, what does he look like? 
you know, is this a guy that we could go deep into the season with? The end of the year, you could build Jimmy Garoppolo's confidence up. They After their bye week, Tim, right, they have four of their next five games are at home, one with on a neutral site. So you got the Chargers, Arizona, New Orleans, Miami, Tampa. They're tough teams, but they're all basically all at home. And you finish up a season at Seattle, Garoppolo could win that game. Washington home, Garoppolo could win that game. At Vegas, Garoppolo could win that game. And home against Arizona, Garoppolo wins that game. So if you're looking to put him in, the bye week would be perfect. He's got four or five home games. They're going to love Jimmy back. And then the last four games of the year, he can light it up. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know that Trey Lance finishes this season as the starting quarterback. I don't know if Trey Lance makes it past the bye week. Tom, your Bears will be in the Sunday night matchup at Green Bay, Chicago plus nine. Yeah, the instinct is go take Chicago plus the nine points. I mean, Green Bay has nothing working for them. They had nothing working today. Um, they just are a tough team to go against because we're talking about Aaron Rodgers in prime time at home against the Bears. And there's a lot of truth to the saying that he just owns the Bears. Right? I mean, especially in Green Bay. If this is in Chicago, I'd be all over Chicago. Even I'd be on Chicago to possibly pull an upset because of what this team can bring to the table when they are clicking and everything's going. I am just a little concerned to to bet against Aaron Rodgers off of a loss at home against Chicago. Maybe it's just the Bears fan in me, and I should be on the on the nine all day long. But I'm a little gun shy. That takes takes us to the last game of Week One tomorrow night in Seattle, Denver. An old this is an old school AFC West matchup. Everybody, Denver. Minus the seven, that's even money over at Circa. You can get the, the Hawks plus the seven, minus 120. And we kind of picked around this game here and there during the show, Tommy. For me, I kind of get Raven-Jet feelings about this game. Similar line, similar money line. Um, obviously, we know Denver is the better team, better quarterback, right? When you're talking about Wilson versus Smith, better offensive weapons, I believe, in the backfield – Obviously, with, with your guy Williams and, and Gordon there still, better receivers. Um, I don't know. Something just keeps me away from betting on Denver, though, in this game. So uh, your thoughts on this? You said to me, Denver's going to win, right? I mean, they have to. Right. <laughs> right. they got to win, um, right? Tim, there's not a person that I know that's betting Seattle. There's not a single person. What I will say is this. Rashad Penny looked explosive and dominating the last time we saw him. I mean, he did. Last six games of the season, he was the best running back in the league. I mean, he was dynamic. They still have Metcalf. They still have Lockett. They improved their offensive line. I can't believe I'm making a case for Seattle, but Geno Smith's not that terrible. Now, the defense is my big problem. And here's my breakdown of this game. If the Denver Broncos go with their bread and butter, which is Williams and Gordon, they will eat up this team. Bobby Wagner left. KJ right left from the middle of that. You get past that first level. That second level is wide open, and they will be able to feast on the second level and the weak middle linebacking play of Seattle. But if you are making this the Russell Wilson coming out party, and Russell Wilson's at home, and here we go, it's going to be Russell Wilson all day long. If you want to go down that road, I think Seattle has a chance. Their defensive backs are probably the strength of their team. This is a team that uh, you know will be able to kind of create a little bit of havoc if they needed to, and they can sling it around and they can run the ball. So I don't 
like Seattle for the year. And I certainly don't think that Pete Carroll is this, this monumental coach. But you're giving a team nearly a touchdown or a touchdown if you were able to find it at home on Monday night that not one person that I can talk to will bet on Seattle tomorrow. Everyone's going Denver. It's the Russell Wilson revenge tour. It's Russell Wilson this, Russell Wilson that. You know, I, I just think this this has one of those terrible beats and the reason why you know, I'm standing in a castle in the middle of a, a desert here, right? <laughs> I think it's one of those kind of games that everybody's right. Denver owns the game, but somehow or another, Seattle kind of keeps this one close and, and covers the spread. And there is the... But I'm about, not betting it. <laughs> yeah. The rookie head coach or the, the new head coach in Denver, right? Nate Hackett's the guy. We, we don't know what to expect. He's got... It's essentially he's a disaster. He's, he's a clown, Tim. He's, he's, that's a bad coaching hire. That's the Aaron Rodgers poster boy, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So you got the new offense. Uh, look, Gordon, he missed a lot of, of camp. I know Williams is the guy there, but they were kind of going one-two last year with that. So things to consider. I, you know, I, I see it. And Geno Smith, you said like you said it. Look, he's not he's not a, a top tier starter in this league, but he's been around a long time. He's been in that. He's been with Seattle for a minute. He knows. And you said they have. Here's the thing: the difference that keeps me off of it when I'm trying to compare it to the Ravens and the Jets. Lockett and Metcalf are something the Jets don't have as weapons. And as bad as uh, they looked last year at times, they're, they're explosive enough if somebody can get them the ball to create problems. So that's what kind of keeps me off the game, too. The unexpected, the unknown with Denver versus what I do know with Seattle. And that's, they should be able to put some points on the board. Yeah, this is, this is all running game for me. If Rashad Penny was what we looked at him being last year at the end of that year, Denver's going to have problems. And if Denver decides to go the Gordon and Williams route, um, Seattle's going to have problems. If both of these teams take to the air, Tim, and you just alluded to this, uh, if both of these teams take to the air, I, I think they could both have throwing problems. This should be a running, 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 running game. I just don't think either one of these coaches are going to do that. Got a couple extra minutes, which is perfect to really talk about all the things you're doing, Tommy. Not only Tom Barton Sports coming off a 6-0 and weekend in college and pro football. We're talking about you got a multiple radio shows. You do a YouTube uh, video once a week that comes out. My favorite lunch time. Tommy, this is a – everybody jokes about your and I relationship and my love affair with Tom Barton because I really circle my life around a lot of the things you do. Sunday mornings I listen to the podcast every, every uh, Sunday morning on the ride home. Once a week during lunch, I'm watching the videos. I love what you do, Tom Barton. Tell us everybody else about what you're doing. Yeah, listen, guys, we, we were talking about this last night. I said, anybody that wants winners, I just don't understand. I've set up a situation. Do you hear? You guys hear me giving them out? Uh, you know, it's 200 bucks for, for 30 days at TomBartonSports.com. So go check that out. Also, yes, Tom Barton Sports over on YouTube. Um, it's not a sports betting. It's more of just taking uh, sports topics over the course of the week. So we get into that. The betting stuff is Sports Garden Network. Hashtag SGN, Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. You can go check that out. I do the show I did this morning. We're a nationally syndicated show there. I have two podcasts, Believe in Betting and of course, Wagering Week that Tim absolutely loves. Uh, if you really love my stuff that much, we also have Believe in the Ivy League, which will be ramping up. I'll have a new episode up on Wednesday uh, to preview Ivy League football this year. So I'm doing a bunch of stuff, guys. I can use the support. The support means go to TomBartonSports.com, come and get some winners. And the support means go to the YouTube and the 
podcast and click a little like button there for me. Tom, Chris and I want to know if you'll be starting the new podcast coming up, Barton Talks WNBA. Is that coming up soon? Yeah, listen, listen. Here it is. Ready? Barton Talks WNBA. Okay, and, and I'm done. And I'm done. <laughs> and I'm good. And Tom, by, by the way, that was the most interesting WNBA talk that we've had on the show. <laughs> I like it. Chris likes it. We just don't talk about it with you, Tom. That's all. <laughs> That's hey. okay. We, we all have our tastes, right? <laughs> It was great having you in Vegas. Uh, looking forward to seeing you again in a month's time. But business as usual, even when you're not here, that's next weekend with Heatwave Sports, Tommy. Absolutely. Talk to you guys next weekend. Thank you. For Tom Barton, for Ryan there at the Lotus Broadcast Studios, Tim Unglesby, have a great sports week. We're back at it Saturday night, 10 o'clock, right here on Fox Sports Radio Las Vegas. Have a good one. <laughs>